Hi, everyone. Janet McMorty here. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to tell you about a phenomenal podcast that is out there as well. The Firecracker Department is a podcast that dives into honest conversations with women and non-binary folks in the entertainment industry. The podcast has now spawned an international community of women and non-binary artists encouraging each other to take creative action. The podcast is hosted by award-winning actor, improviser, and comedian and friend Naomi Sinekis from Second City and Mr. D. In it, she talks to fellow actors, writers, and producers and gets the skinny on their struggles, successes, and everything in between. Deep, funny, real conversations that make you feel like you're having a drink with one of your best friends. Alcoholic or non-alcoholic, whatever's your poison. Guests include Mae Martin, actor-comedian from Feel Good and I Have Nothing, Joe Vanicola, the Emmy Award-winning actor from Street Legal, Being Erica and The Expanse, award-winning singer-songwriter Jan Arden, and Kay Cannon, the writer from New Girl and 30 Rock. Find the Firecracker Department wherever you get your podcasts and give them a follow. And now you can see the interviews on the Firecracker Department YouTube channel. Definitely check them out and let's support Canadian content, Canadian podcasts, and especially those by Canadian women and non-binary folks. Go over there and support them. Now on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is L.A. Sweeney. L.A. is a mom and actor. She had a myriad of different careers before she started pursuing acting, which you'll hear about in this episode. But I think, in my own humble opinion, she is a mom and actor, pursuing both simultaneously and, oh my goodness, doing a killer job at both of them. Now, if you've ever seen LA perform, and I've seen her perform in a monologue slam, she performed her monologue, you will never forget her. She has the, oh, just a power and a presence and an aura around her. And you'll be able to witness this even through YouTube or through wherever you're listening to this. She is such a powerful force and an incredible, incredible actor. Please enjoy the phenomenal powerhouse, L.A. Sweeney. walk normally just like as soon as they would say action I'd be like I don't know how to walk I don't know how to you walk can't. I've never done this before <laughs> you can't I had I had an audition where they were like can you do the audition and then additionally send us a clip of you walking down a hallway and I was like yeah yeah no problem I did not know how to do it I probably did about 13 takes that's a very random number 13 it, was, it feels like it was bad luck but um <laughs> yeah I probably did about 13 takes and I watched them all back and I was like is that is that how I walk do I walk like this is like <laughs> Do I walk like that or am I just really having a hard time walking on command? But here's the thing is we walk all the time. Even when we're acting, we walk, but in it's not there. It's on the paper that says you're now going to have to walk. And so you're not overly focused about it. But in that audition, when we're like, we want a clip of you just walking, <laughs> it became very apparent to me that you were going to be now judging my walking. And I yes! just did not know how to do it. Yeah. What, what a ridiculous <laughs> job we have. It's, it's quite ridiculous. It is. <laughs> so ridiculous yeah why do we do it why do we like it I don't know <laughs> I cannot wait to delve into it with you let's figure it out together let's like try to like go into the subconscious and <laughs> discover an answer for this I know. <laughs> okay tell me your story how did you get into this crazy masochistic business oh my god well good yes good way to describe it for sure <laughs> Oh my God, tell, even one of those words, tell me your story. It's like so intimidating, but I'll try to just chip away from the beginning. And we'll just talk <laughs> about it. But like how I got into acting is I think um, I now know in retrospect that I've always wanted to be an actor. And I think it was that like secret that I kept from myself that I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be an actor. When I was super young, I didn't know what to call it. When I got older and I identified what it was, I was terrified to say it out loud because, you know, there's this perception 
um, from anybody who's not an actor, not in the business at all, that it's, that is this thing. It's like Hollywood, it's business. You make it or you break it, you know, you can do it or you can't. And so I think it has that perception, um, from the outside that it's like this dream thing that can only happen, uh, for some people, like it's this lottery thing. And as much as there is an aspect to the business that is that, you know, those, you know, top Hollywood performers, what was really liberating for me to understand was that there was an entire fleet of people out there known as working actors that were that were just making a living, that were working, that were, you know, enjoying the craft. And once I kind of started discovering that, that it wasn't this big thing, you know what I mean, that was so impossible for everyone, that really helped me admit it to myself that like, hey, I like acting. I think I want to try to pursue acting because it became a little more, I guess, attainable and less scary to me at that point. So that's definitely, I guess, the point in which I was able to admit to myself that I wanted to pursue acting. So it did come later in life, right? Um, It's something that actually I'm still quite new at. I've only really been on this trail actively, I'd say for a couple years. Um, that that moment of really admitting to myself that acting something that I even want to pursue probably happened more so five years ago. And it was just before I had my first son. Um, so before I had my first son, my, my husband actually, who's wonderful, he's a creative in his own respect, he really helped me identify that in myself and gave me a safe space to open up about it. And he actually signed me up for my first acting class. How sweet is he? Right. I know. And so I only tipped my toes in and went to an acting class and was like, wow, this could be really fun. And then I got pregnant with my son. So I was like, okay, you know, life is kind of doing something else right now. So that's kind of all I really dabbled in at that time had my son and, you know, being, being a mom for the first time, that is like, all-encompassing. I mean, being a mom at any time is all-encompassing, but really at that time was like brain could not even grasp another thought. So definitely acting kind of slipped to the back burner at that point. Um, It was like the one class and done. Started up with my son and then only, he was only a year and a half, two years old when the pandemic started. So just as I was kind of getting my footing again of being a person, because that first year or two years of like being a parent, you're just so entrenched in it. And it really, you know, you really do have to wait till your kids kind of get a certain level of independence, at least for me, I found before I could even start thinking about myself again. So I had sort of just started hitting that stride where I could start thinking about myself again. And then the pandemic hit and it was kind of like, oh my God, you know, another six months of sort of like, you know, your your entire outlook on life being kind of put on pause or changed or what have you. Um, but it was a blessing in disguise because in that quiet time of the pandemic, I was able to kind of remember <laughs> this this honest moment I'd had with myself and said, oh, oh, right, 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 right. I I decided to give in to the creative in me. And so started back up with classes, of course, online at that time because we were height of the pandemic. And um, yeah, and then just like, I don't know, something switched in me. And I think it was a combination of being a new mom, the pandemic happening in the world, just being like, you know, what do you have to lose at this point? (laughs) And something just kicked me into overdrive. And I was like, I'm going to make this happen for myself. Like, you know, I'm not going to dibble dabble and kind of go, oh, I'll take a class and I'll think about it and I'll see how it goes. And I was like, let's maybe not be passive about this. Let's maybe just take it by the horns and you know, actively try to accomplish something here. And so I just was like online, I was like, um, finding, you know, like online monologue competitions, and just like trying to like, and googling, how does one become an actor, you know, it's like headshots, oh, I need headshots, okay, right, like just bare bones, kind of trying to like stitch it together for myself and figure it out, because all I knew was that it felt good doing it, Mm -hmm. but I knew nothing else about it. So I had to kind of try to learn all the other stuff and figure it out. Um, And it went really, really well. I ended up like finding my agent through that actually. And that was incredible. And then funny enough, so right after I did all this work of like, we're going to get yourselves up, you know, and and headshots and this, that and footage and and find an agent, I got pregnant again. (laughs) So I have three kids. I, I got pregnant with my twins the second time. Oh my goodness. I know. So, so then that was another moment of like, Okay. It was really funny. I remember calling my agent um, when I found out that I was pregnant and I felt like a teenager calling their dad to tell them they were pregnant. I have no idea why. It's right. It's what it's like, why was that my feeling? I don't know. But I guess just because like I had waited so long for this thing and then I felt like this person had given me a chance and I felt like 
again, that outside perception of the industry thinking that now I was disposable because I was a pregnant mm. woman, right? Which is not even just unique to acting. That's just, nope. <laughs> that's just a, you know, a, a thing as a woman. But yeah, so I had these weird feelings and then I called him and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pregnant, right? And I mean, his response was phenomenal. He was like, congratulations. That's, you want to be pregnant, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We're happy about it. We're really, and he's like, okay, that's amazing. And I was like, yeah, I just don't know like, you know, what this means. I don't know how active I'll be able to be. And he's like, it means nothing. It means you do this now in your life and however much of this you want to do, you know, you, you, you decide and you tell me. And he's a big believer in the long haul, which I love so much. About my age and have a great relationship with him. And so, you know, he kind of said, you know, just remember that first conversation we had where, you know, you basically told me that you want to take this chance on yourself and you see this as something you can do long term. And he's like, I believe that for you as well. So acting will still be here when you're ready to come back to it. And that was like, what a gift, eh? What a gift yeah. to find and meet people like that in life who can just really meet where you're at mindset wise you know what I mean mm -hmm. so that was really beautiful so I had an that was that was great I got to experience you know that pregnancy in that chapter of my life not feeling stressed out not feeling like it was it had come at the wrong time or like it was going to compromise this other new love I had found right mm -hmm. and so yeah then I was like another like year and change kind of just back into you know mommy diaper mode and um and oh my god and then I had my girls and course my agent congratulated me I sent him over the pictures and then he started sending me auditions and I was like oh my god I'm not I'm dripping breast milk I'm not I, <laughs> what you know and he was like listen it's just practice it's if you want to you know just um just keeping it on your on your table in case it's something you know so you don't forget about it and I was like okay and I did you know like six weeks out the gate I started kind of like doing tapes again just for the heck of it just for the muscle memory just because especially I think because I didn't have a solid footing in yet. I hadn't spent a lot of time even really doing this mm. yet. Um, I also for myself didn't want to let the fire burn out or the flame burn out before it even became a fire. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you get those first ideas and you birth something, I think you really got to throw a lot of oxygen on the flames. There's an analogy there. That's how you build fires, right? I've been yeah. camping before. Yeah, camping. <laughs> Girl Scouts. Yeah. So... So I just, I felt really compelled to, to definitely do what I could. So I did start trying to tape quite early on and, oh my God, those were, those were fun days. I still have those, I have those tapes in a special folder. <laughs> that was, those were fun days, but yeah, it, that was really important for me to do because it, it, um, it definitely put me where I am right now. So that, that really started me going and I was auditioning a lot at that time and I ended up like booking something, you know, a few months postpartum, which was now looking on it, like, I'm so happy it happened. At the time, I remember it being a lot more stressful, because I felt this pressure of like, I definitely have to do this, because like, I am aware that this is like, so important and, and rare, and it doesn't always happen. And like, this is a really big, important reward. But I also was four months postpartum, with twins and a three going on four year old at home. And I was also moving cities. We were living in Ottawa at the time. We were coming back mm -hmm. to Toronto for family-related um, things that were going on. And it's just like, I, I remember like being like, this, this is a lot, right? Like, this is a lot going on right now. <laughs> but always still feeling like I just, I had to, I had to chew on it. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like letting a lot of things go. I guess sometimes maybe that's not been the greatest thing, but I'm learning how to sort of question myself and figure out if I don't want to let it go because for the sake of just not letting go because I feel like I never want to quit anything or if I don't want to let it go because I feel like I really can do it like I really feel mm. like I do have a capacity to take on more than mm. maybe I would you know initially give myself credit for so I've learned to kind of listen to myself and at the time I was like I was like I think I can do this I can't do it perfect but that's okay but I think I can start making headway and so I accepted the job and I went and I filmed um, this like indie film, like a, a full feature length. I was like 10 days being shuttled back and forth, breast milk, uh, like, you know, pumping all day. You're going to hear a lot about breast milk today. <laughs> pumping, <clears throat> yeah, pumping all day long, storing it in the fridge, like in between takes. It was, it was wild, um, really wild time, but 
again, one of those things that I'm really glad I did it because it proved to me that I can do it. Mm. You know, I thought it was going to be impossible and then it wasn't. And I like that, that I was able to feel that level of confidence so early on because it's, mm. it's what's propelled me through the last two years of, you know, the endless auditions and, um, and I'm a, I'm a person of a mindset who always says, if you can do it once, you can do it a million times. Mm-hmm. And if one person says yes to you, there's many more out there that will say yes to you. You know, you just have to wait. So I'm really fortunate that happened early on because I can I I know and I can imagine that this business could get very discouraging. And especially if, you know, you are kind of on the trails and not really seeing a return. Um, I'm just I'm just so grateful that I had that early win to let me know that there were wins out there for me. Mm. And to keep me going, you know, through the tough moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, there's so many things that you just said that just, just ignited more fire analogies, fires in my head. Um, the one thing I want to go back, and this is one of the first things you said, was you said you gave in to the creativity. So prior to giving into the creativity, were you like, were you always a creative person? Do you think everyone is a creative person? Or what was life like before you realized, oh my gosh, it's almost like there's something missing? Yeah. And thanks, Janet, because see, you're going to keep us on track here because as you can see, I will just go off and off and off and just float into the ether on a thought. And it's like, right, you did ask me about like kind of what was happening before. (laughs) It's exactly what I want. Keep doing it. (laughs) So I gave into the creativity. I, I have always been a creative person, but I have not found where, like what table to sit at, if you will. And not to Mm -hmm. say that you should, that you have to plant yourself anywhere. I think as creatives, you know, we can wear many hats and we can, you know, uh, contribute to the creative process from many different uh, places. I went to school for graphic design, for example, right? I, I did, you know, fundamental arts in, in high school. Like, uh, I even took drama for like one year in high school before I stopped. Um, I am, well, I have a hard time saying I am, but I, I am a poet, was for a brief time in my life, doing the poetry circuit and competing in slams and even winning some stuff and actually have a chapbook of poetry somewhere out there in the world <laughs> under a pseudonym. I don't know if I'll ever admit it, but yeah. Um, so, you know, creativity has definitely always been in me. But so when I say I don't know where I I didn't know where to sit or where I landed, those creative outlets were always enjoyable, but nothing ever felt sustainable. Like nothing ever Mm -hmm. felt like acting does. Nothing ever felt like, yeah, I really want to do this. I kind of just felt like I was dabbling. It was like, I don't know, maybe I can kind of do that, right? Yeah, I'm doing it a bit. No interest, did not want to plug into it, right? Um, So Acting is the first creative endeavor outlet that I found that like is lighting me on fire. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm feeling that obsessive kind of like, I just want to know more. I want to do more. Right. And I've never felt that way about the other things that I've done creatively. Um, To your other question, while I try to like control my brain here, to your other question of like, do I think everyone is creative? I do. I think that there's creativity in absolutely everything. I think the issue is that I don't think that we prioritize cultivating creativity enough, like as a society in the school system, or, and not to condemn any one thing. It's just, it's not something that we prioritize learning, I, I don't think, because I really do think it's ingrained in everything. And I think a lot of times we kind of see it as a separate thing. It's like, oh, the creative arts or the academic arts. And mm-hmm. I don't really think that a, they're entirely separate, right? You know, um, like <laughs> problem solving is creativity in, in, in my mind in a way, right? So I think there's a long way that we can go as, you know, a society to really better understand the power of creativity and all the places that it really can live in our world and how we can better cultivate that from an early and young age. Cause it's such a hard thing to understand. Like here I am at my life right now, even just starting to understand how to even be creative in this thing that feels so good to me. Right. That's my thing is like, how do I, how do I like authentically kind of sit into my artist? Right. And it's like, why don't, why don't I already have a tool for knowing how to do that? Right. And as a mother now with with kids like that's something that I'm trying my best to prioritize. Again, I'm trying my best to do it 
without tools already designed for me. Like I didn't grow up knowing how to even recognize or cultivate my own creativity. So I'm now trying to like build that for them and design it for them and be like, how do I help them see creativity in every area of their life, you know, and help them um, just develop it, right? Do you think that's a generational thing? Because I'm, I, I am empathizing with exactly what you said, and I, I remember being, <laughs> being, I, I have now, and this is a little bit about my story. I have now like a day off that okay. I said this is my day in the week that I'm going to have off for the first yeah. time since I've been like four, and my, I remember my therapist being like, "So what do you like to do?" Mm. And I was like, I don't think I actually <laughs> know this because exactly what you were saying, I don't know what I enjoy creatively because it was never instilled in me. And I don't know if instill is the right word through no fault of anyone's growing up. But like, do you think it's a generational thing? Like our parents, I know they had to deal with a lot of traumas. Their parents, parents, our grandparents had to deal with a lot of stuff. Like, why is that that so many of us now at kind of this midpoint in our lives are going, we are missing creativity? I think you absolutely are on to something there. Um, I don't know that I have the answer, but in the moment, just, you know, kind of theorizing on why it could be to kind of combine our points, like the fact that creativity has not been recognized to be the powerful tool that it can be, I think is why it's more so been looked like an extra or an other or a luxury. So speaking of generationally, yeah, our parents had a lot to deal with and survive, whereas which, you know, the arts and creativity having been looked at as something that was a luxury, it absolutely wouldn't have been on the priority list. And to my point of like, I think we need to change our mindset of how we look at creativity because I think there's a lot that creativity can help in those survival times. So even like for our parents' generation, whereas like if we describe them as being in more of a survival mode, maybe than we have to be now, I think creativity is a pillar that could have helped them in some way. You know, I don't exactly know how, but just knowing the power of creativity that I'm experiencing, there's no way that I could call it non-essential right? Like, I think it is so essential. I'm discovering how essential it is. And so if that were something that were taught to the generation before us, right, or the generations or however long back, um, if they had the chance to discover it for the skill that it can be, it might be different. But because it was categorized as like an extra, a luxury and other, I mean, how, why is it that so many of our generation's parents are like, don't go into the arts, go into, you know, this, right? It's because, again, that divide of what it was looked at, right? And how it's valued in our society or not valued. Um, so I like that that's changing. I hope that, you know, it's not just because, you know, okay, I call it a luxury, even though we're still living scarcely in other ways. But I think you get what I mean, like in this, in this first world of it, it still being treated that way. I hope that this generation the shift of maybe paying attention to the, the arts and creativity more like there will be um, a long-lasting way to incorporate it into our value system and how we appreciate it and the ways that we see that it can further us as a people and a big thing a really big thing empathy like there's so much in the creative process that requires empathy and it's not always an obvious way. You know, you say, as an actor, obviously you have to be empathetic, right? It's one of the cornerstones. Like, you have to be empathetic. You have to understand how to empathize with a character to even, you know, be able to begin to portray it, right? But even in a lot of other creative things, it, you have to have empathy to be able to understand, like, what, what message are you trying to deliver here? You can't decide a message without empathizing with something from some viewpoint, you know what I mean? So even just building the muscle of empathy, like creativity can help with that. And you'd be wild, you'd be wild crazy to think that empathy wouldn't improve our world if we all had more empathetic people, right? So I see it as essential, for sure. Yeah, and I think I, oh, 100% agree with you. And I think about when I look at what is, what gets you know, transferred from generation to generation to generation, like what is a permanence in yeah. our world and its story and art. And I mean, yeah. of course, like, of course, technology and science and blah, 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 but like storytelling in a myriad of shapes and forms from like around the campfire caveman all the mm -hmm. way up till now, 
Like, this is how, like, exactly what you're saying. That's how you build empathy, right? Because how else are we supposed to learn about everyone else? We have to hear their stories. But we do such a disservice to us as a human species when we don't value the the storytellers. Yes. Even though we look back and we see, like, what made the generation defined storytellers. Yeah. And it's that thing of like, never forget where you came from. You know what I mean? Like, that's an important thing. And it's almost like, is that what we're doing? Because yes, technology and science and all that, but that's new age stuff. You know what I mean? So to your point, like storytelling um, and art has been around since the dawn of time. Right. And it got us here. It has to be important. It has to have been a value. It got us here. So definitely, yeah, I'm an advocate for of that as well. Like maybe like, let's not forget where we came from. (laughs) Let's look back and really pay attention to why that is so valuable. And if we can admit that it is so valuable, let's put some resources into cultivating it. Resources. Resources. (laughs) Into properly cultivating it and and helping our next generations to be able to wield it and utilize it in a way that's going to benefit you know, them and, and the longevity of, of mm. us as a people, right? Totally. Children are the revolution. That's going to be a different conversation, but I always say that. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever people are like, well, oh, all these problems, there's so much going on in the world. What are we going to do about it? And blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, children. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to sound hopeless. For, I don't want to sound like I'm hopeless for everybody and everything that already exists. I just, uh, like... I like efficiency and I I appreciate like, you know, what is the way that we can get this done with the most impact with the least amount of work? Not to say I'm afraid of work, but do you know what I mean? Like efficiency, right? And for me, I just see it in in children. Like it's, if you, if you start them right, if you protect them from things going wrong, you know, to a catastrophic level, that is how you fix it. Like this idea of like trying to put everything into correcting what is already gone, you know, awry. It just, it doesn't, um, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't click in for me as strongly mm-hmm. as, as the idea of just like, let's, let's let the new generation that's coming in do it right. That doesn't mean don't pay any attention to what's going on right now, but definitely the priority and the bulk of the attention should be put on cr- preventing the mistakes from being repeated rather than trying to unroot the mistakes now, because there is that thing of like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like Mm -hmm. to a certain point that is true. Right. Yeah. But that's a whole other conversation, but yeah. (laughs) My background being in medicine, I think about like, that's, that's, that's how public health works, right? Like you can, you get uh, this whole community of people who are sick. You can either throw medication at them to treat the symptoms or from, uh, say they're sick from like the water they're drinking, yeah. you throw a bunch of medication at them to make them feel better. Or what you do is you look at the water supply and say, why is this making everyone sick? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You look at, you look at the, 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 the new, the new stuff, the new yeah. things, right? Like don't just bandaid solution, old things, right? Yeah. Look at the root cause and how can we make that better? Yeah. I completely. And that can actually, on that thought, I'm like, I just found a segue back into acting, which is like, to speak of acting that way, you know, I, not to say it feels great every time because I'm a human who has an ego as well, one that I'm definitely every single day trying to keep in check and not feed, but it still exists there as a human. And so when I'm tackling my work as an actor and as an artist, and, you know, obviously things are not going perfect, they're not great. I'm I'm thinking, you know, in my head, I envision how I can do this thing and then it's not happening the way that I envision it. Um, and you can easily get caught up. I can easily get caught up in like trying to just beat that thing. Like, no, no, it can get there. It can get there. I know it can because I can feel it in my head and I know it's already whatever. But it's like, but but it's not getting there. So there's obviously something that needs to shift and maybe your energy would be better put into kind of like taking a step back and being like, let's, not to say abandon this, but like almost like do it for the next one. Like let's let's pay attention to the process you know, on the next one and see how we can improve that and maybe identify where the issue was there instead of being stuck here for endless amounts of hours, beating yourself about up about why this one isn't at the level you want it to be. Um, 
And it's actually doing you a disservice because now you're chipping away at your confidence. You're forgetting, you know, probably a bunch of the pillars that you're supposed to be, you know, relying on to even give you that performance. And so I've, I definitely practice that giving myself grace a lot of just like being like process, process, process. It's about the process. And so this, this tape, this performance, this whatever is at the level it's going to be at right now, because that's the level that my artistry is at. And I'm not going to suddenly improve my artistry by leaps and bounds by like banging my head against the all over this tape for hours on end throughout the night I'm going to accept that this is where my artistry is at and now I'm going to go back to process and try to you know work the muscles and build the skills in the areas that's going to increase my skill so that the next tape you know that's what I'm always striving to see is like can the next tape be better than last have I improved on my process did I spend time in between to try to figure out something else I could be doing as an artist something you know more like how how do I close that gap, if you will, between the skill level I believe I, I am at or can be at and what I'm actually seeing occurring? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did that segue even make sense? I don't know. I got us Absol- back on track with acting. <laughs> it absolutely did. And I think that's such a it's such an important thing about um, about artistry in general. And I think it's, you know, when you have frustrating days, I know, uh, let me know if you ever feel like this. I know I can sometimes feel like everything that I've learned and now I'm in a frustrating day, it feels like it's just gone. Like, what have I worked for? Like, what have I been doing? Yeah. But I, it's that mindset shift of like, yeah, that's what human being, human being is, of course. But also <laughs> on the days when you're feeling like you have lost all the training you've had is the realization that like everything in your life leading up till now doesn't just go away in a puff of smoke. It's there. It's always there. And the new thing that you're, you're doing right now, even though it feels like you're taking a backtrack is actually elevating and adding on to what you've already had (laughs) because you can't go back in time. That literally will not happen. It's just adding and elevating, even though it doesn't feel like it. Oh, 1000% agree. And I have never, so spirituality, (laughs) you're like, how did that come of this? But I've always, you know, had a certain sense of, of my own understanding of spirituality and my own relationship with it. But through acting, like I really have found myself, it's come up a lot more and I've been focused a lot more on what I even think spirituality is and, and my you know relationship with it because acting takes so much faith. And in kind of like feeling how much faith I've had to actually be sitting in to even be acting, it's causing me to, you know, kind of like think of that other piece, which is the spirituality, but all that you just said of like everything that it's taken for you to become who you are today and everything, you, all the, even the work, the process work you've done and script analysis, et cetera, blah, 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 to get you to that point where you're now, you know, action and go, it doesn't go away, but you're not acting on it at the moment. You don't have it, you know, in the front of your mind going, right, in my script analysis, I'm supposed to be blah, blah, blah. That's in your head. And you, you know how terribly that goes when we try to act from that place. So you really do got to forget it and trust it'll be and there's and there's the big moment of faith that I've like had to be putting myself in regularly since you know embarking on this journey of acting that has felt extremely uncomfortable but then in some moments extremely like exhilarating you know because it's like it's so uncomfortable to be like but like but how am I going to do it if I'm not what like I've just leave it all there and and do what? And it's this thing of, what do you mean do what? It's like, do all those things and then forget it. I'm like, what? Like, that's like, what do you mean? I don't understand. But then when it happens, when that, when you get to that place, that magical place where you have like prepared and you have actually let your mind relax and essentially forget it. And you find yourself actually getting lost in that moment that, you know, what they call you're locked in, right? You're dropped in. When you actually experience that, for me, that thrill has been the thing that I am like now, you know, almost like addicted to. Like, it's like that chasing that high, you know, it's like, wow, like, oh my God, wow. Like, life is wonderful. <laughs> Living real life is absolutely wonderful. And I don't know <laughs> how they combine, but this other thing of like living life in a moment of manufacture, right? Because it's like you, you, you manufactured this moment because it's acting, but then real life crept in and it became a real moment. Oh my God. 
oh my God, you know, right? <laughs> so that's where I'm at with it right now. Well, it, it's 100% addicting. And I think the reason why it, f- well, I think I'm trying to, the reason why it feels so good for me, I wonder, is if it because I'm not speaking English right now. I think there is, there's a feeling of safety in the manufactured aspect of it. So you can feel safe to just like be the real human. Where I do think, yeah, like real life is beautiful, but we do edit ourselves. But there's just something so awesome of being in this like safe manufactured environment and being able to just be the real human we kind of always wanted to be. And that safety allows for that comfort. Yes, that's 100% what it is. And that's exactly it. It's just like, and that's where the fun kicks in because, you know, like, I'm not, even though I'm in a a scene where I'm about to be murdered, I'm not, my real life is not at threat here, right? So like all those same adrenaline feelings that would fire off if you were in that real life situation now can be felt quite joyously. (laughs) So yay, you're murdering me because it's not real. It's not real, right? It's like, I'm going to get to explore all of these human things and then come back to my place of, as you said, safety, you know, and I think we think that even in our, our real life as we're going through and, you know, sometimes you get those thoughts of like, oh, what have I missed out on or what could I be doing that I'm not doing or this is going to sound, this is one of those moments you're going to have to edit out because I'm going to sound bad. But even when you think of like people having affairs, <laughs> like, where are you going with this, LA? Um, when you think about, I mean, I don't know. I just imagine that these people maybe like they're they're feeling like there's something else, like this other timeline of life that I almost want to explore, but then I can't because it's compromising this timeline or something. And acting is almost that thing where you can like explore every timeline without compromise or or, or threat or jeopardy to your real life, right? I so again personal experience I was in a play last year and I had my first ever experience working with an intimacy director because they had they're there wonderful fear, they're wonderful I've I've had the experience as well they're wonderful we should start a club advocating for intimacy coordinators okay <laughs> I'm having one on my show I'm very excited yay but it's the idea of, and I had, a, I had a friend say this to me, and she's not an actor, and I, of course, I never thought about this. She's like, "Oh my god!" Because I had to, I had, I had to make out with this twenty-one-year-old Brazilian guy who was playing my boyfriend. Lovely. Like, oh my god! It's like you get to, you get to like, cheat on your partner with no repercussions. And I was like, uh, "Interesting." Uh, but like, hold and, my cringe. I, I, I know, I know, right? And then of course I'm like. But, but, it, but it is an interesting thing, and you ext- we can extrapolate that to, like, you can play an astronaut. You can play, I never get to be an astronaut in my life, and I get to be in that timeline, right? Yeah. But there, but there is that, that safety and that safety piece where you can explore. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know this is where actors get into, like, naughty, naughty trouble when they, like, fall in love with their co-stars and stuff like that because they probably didn't have an intimacy coordinator working. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> they didn't have a closure practice. Yes. But, but. <laughs> another podcast, another podcast. <laughs> right? As a, another question, has there been anything that has surprised you about the entertainment industry? Surprise me. Yeah. Um, honestly, I guess probably currently, I think I've still got a lot of surprises to encounter later on. Like I said, I'm still early <laughs> into the venture. But so far, it's been the, not that it should come as a surprise, but okay, here's what it is. <laughs> I'm like, now I found my answer. <laughs> it's been that acting isn't the same for all actors. That's been surprising to me as we're, as we're kind of talking about what we were just talking about, like that, that thrill of kind of, you know, that being dropped into that place where it's like, you're just lost in it and nothing else, you know, is going on or whatever. And I think hearing from my peers that I've gotten to talk with so far, there's a similar feeling that, that many of them do have, but I've also encountered some peers that it's a little bit more I don't want to, I don't know the right word is to say, like, if it's a little more mechanical or technical, but um, that they kind of approach acting in a different way that where it doesn't have to be this, like, real thing that they're necessarily feeling or doing and that they are more um, concerned with or or, um, okay with it being, I don't want to say a copy of, because I don't want to, I don't, I definitely don't want this to come across as though I'm making their acting sound like it is, you know, 
not as good or inferior. It's just different. I've, so in having conversations with some peers, I've discovered that there's a different way that everybody approaches acting and feels, feels about acting. And most importantly, what it feels like for them when they're acting. Right. And that's a hard thing to even understand because it's like to even explain these things. But I've had a lot of in-depth conversations because I'm at that point where I'm just so curious about it and I'm trying to learn. And in picking some peers' brains and hearing from them, I kind of go, oh, like there's some people that I hear from that I go, yeah, 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 that's, that's, oh my God, that's how it feels for me too. That's like whatever, that's what I love about it. And then I've had some interesting conversations where I go, oh, that's, I can't relate to that. That's actually not at all how I experience it and very different. And um, I mean, I guess that shouldn't be a surprise because that is creativity. It's going to be different for everybody. Um, but I think that's been a surprise, maybe because it's been such a precious and exciting part of my uh, exploration of acting that I've been so in love with that that way that I look at it and that way that I feel about it that maybe that's what's led it to be surprising when I hear from peers that it it isn't that way for that I I kind of go what do you like about it then <laughs> right so it's definitely I don't want it to sound judgmental at all it's just it's definitely been surprising and being in that um, you know sort of learning open space, I uh, absolutely make a, a strong point to withhold judgment from almost everything right now as I explore. That's just good practice in life. But particularly right now, as I'm feeling my way through, like it's a it's a massive thing that I always go, do not judge. Like as those feelings creep up in you because we're humans and almost we sometimes want to react with judgment. Like I have this big thing in my brain right now where like, like do not judge. And then I'm like, right, all right, be open. And I'm like, oh, Oh, I don't say. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's been surprising that acting doesn't feel the same for everyone. Yeah, that's really interesting. Really interesting. And I, it's interesting because I've had conversations with people who went through formal theater training, like formal film acting. They got the degree, four-year intensive program. And what, hearing from them about their process and how it feels is very different than how I feel. And I know I, I, I'm making a broad generalization about theater school graduates, but like, because there was so much academia involved in the process, which can hinder, I think it would hinder me, to be honest, even though I come from a long academic science career. But I think, I know it works well for some people, but I think it would be I don't know. I think I think it would be too constricting because I'd be trying to find the correct way to do the thing that the instructor told me so I could get my degree in the thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that's I guess that's part of the like, you know, learning it and then forgetting it. I, do, I also do believe that you have to you have to almost like know the rules in order to forget the rules. Right. Like I also am learning and acting that it's it's not just this like get up and act. It's not just this like, oh, I, what is it? Uh, I'm a, yes, I'm afraid of that person because whatever. Okay, well, I've been afraid before, so let me just whatever, right? Um, there's an aspect of that in acting for sure. And that's that like, you know, that instinctual part of, you know, following your instinct and stuff. But I'm seeing a lot of the power in those structures and in the technical learning pieces and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I guess it just depends on how much you prioritize one or the other. And I think just discovering your balance of, you know, knowing how much of that to incorporate and then how much of your own instinct and and artistry to kind of like put on it and direct it, right? I'm finding a lot of confidence though in being quite prepared with doing the work. Um, when I first started acting, I was like, you know, even the very first acting class I went into, I got high praise quickly, right? People were like, oh my God, you're natural, natural, right? And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I just know how to act then. <laughs> and then and then and then stepping back into it in the way that I explained to you that I did years later and um and really starting to actually learn stuff, learn about like how you dissect a story, how you dissect a character, how you build a character. What are those things that you do in the moment to whatever, right? And being like, oh, 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 there's so much stuff. Oh my God, what? Oh, and then being like, oh, I don't know how to act at all and feeling completely inadequate in it. And now I think I'm just honestly getting to a point where I'm kind of starting to stitch the two together and being like, Okay, understanding how to do this thing, because there is definitely a teachable skill, understanding how to do this thing and preparing through that, uh, through those teachings and those understandings gives me a really confident backbone to then go and 
you know, sort of like give into my instincts and improvise and as they say, let it all go, right? So that's how I'm finding my way into marrying the two of just like, I can do the thing, but I, I learn how to do the thing. Well, I think there's definitely the whole idea of uh, the allure of the promising beginner, right? When you when you start out and everyone's saying, yeah, you're the natural, you're the natural. And I find, I know, right? And I find, like, as people who are, you know, like, high achievers in this world, and I'm putting myself in there and you in there as well, too, when there comes to, like, a point when you can't say that you're a beginner anymore and people won't go, oh, that's so cute, you're doing so good. (laughs) There's, like, the shift that needs to happen where you either quit the thing or you need to do that little bit more work to get over the hump where you're no longer the promising beginner. Now you're just, now you're the working actor. Right? Yeah, now, yeah, totally. Now you just do the thing. Yes, you need to be, now you want to be good at the thing. And I, when I heard that comment initially, it made me feel good. But when I knew nothing about acting and I was like, oh, I'm natural. Okay, great. Now knowing so much more and having trained um, and, and learning the skill for what it is, now I hate that comment. Like, you know, I have friends and family who, who are not at all, um, you know, acquainted with, with the business or, or anything like that who will throw those comments of like, oh, of course you're doing good. You know, you would be doing good. You're, we always knew you could be an actor, blah, 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 blah. And now I have to fight when I hear those comments to not react because what it brings up in me, knowing how much work this actually is, what it brings up in me is I want to be recognized for the work, right? This is not a natural thing that I'm doing right now. I'm not just, oh, you're just so good at it. No, like I'm staying up late at night. I'm learning things. I'm putting myself through a lot of uncomfortable, painful things. I'm trying to, my brain is twisting sideways, trying to figure it out. I'm doing so much to better the craft. Like there's a real skill that I'm building here. So now those comments of like, oh, you're just so natural, as particularly from people who don't know what it is that's happening, irk me. There's the word irk. They irk me, but I have to, um, again, I just go to that place where I go, well, it's that thing. They just don't know, right? They're not saying it to to undermine you or to diminish the work you're doing. They're just saying because that's how it looks to them, right? And 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 the weird part about it is that's how you want it to look. You want it to look natural and effortless and whatever, right? But then at the same time, I'm going, but also recognize how much hard work I've done to make it look effortless. <laughs> it's like, just take the win. A win is a win. If you're doing it, it looks effortless. You know what you've put into it you know your your industry peeps know what you put into it and just let it be (laughs) so do you have any advice for people who are looking at getting getting into acting either after a career after building a family yeah I have so much advice Janet I have like so much advice that usually people are just like just stop telling us advice (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding actually you know I I've always um actually not wanted to tell anybody ever what to do about anything. I was like, I don't know, you do it, do it, do it, decide for yourself. But, um, but just speaking from my own perspective, so I don't even think I told you, I've met, I've worn many hats before acting, right? We didn't even, we talked about so many things. We did, what did you do before this? What was your first act? <laughs> just, you know, being out there in the world, not knowing what I was doing. Um, but I've done, I've done everything from, you know, like corporate management to administration to tour guiding. I traveled around the world as a tour guide. Yeah. Um, all these really crazy things, but they were all non-consequential because they were never what I wanted to do. I would say for anyone who wants to switch that I think first you should just kind of like, I think you have to have that conversation with yourself, specifically acting. So specifically, if you want to get into acting from what I've experienced so far, I think you should have a really real conversation with yourself to better understand what the acting world is, you know, um, like, do you just want to do it as a hobby? And you just want to go to classes sometimes and whatever. And that's fine. Like, I think you need to help define for yourself, maybe what direction you want to take it in. This might help you. I'm a big person of I never want to get my, um, I never want to let my hopes get get kind of higher than, than what I think I can attain or achieve, you know, and I, I really like to assess things first and kind of see like, do I feel like I could like tackle this, right? Um, so from my experience, my advice to, would be to just like, don't make it be a knee, knee jerk thing, like sit down and think about how, like, how it feels. Does it feel really important to you? And if you don't know, you could hop into an acting class just to kind of get an idea of like, do I even like this thing that I think might be cool, right? Um, 
And then if you do and you're like, I want to do this and I want to like jump ship and switch careers and like dig in like I'm doing, um, I think just uh, acquainting yourself with the reality of what it will take, like have a conversation with, with, with actors who are doing it. You know, when you go to that class and there's other actors in there that are maybe working actors, maybe talk to them about their journey and what it's taken because there is a lot of sacrifice, right? I'm not even down the trail far enough. I have not even encountered all the sacrifice that I know I'm going to have to put in and already it's a thing where I'm like, you know, but I had a big conversation with myself before I, before I did this. And I said to myself, you know, if I had to do 500 auditions before someone said yes to me, would it be worth it? And I came up with the answer of yes. I said, if I, you know, were just acting in, you know, friends films or in, in, in class or whatever, like if it didn't become that thing where I got that career recognition, recognition, is it still something I want to do? And the answer was yes. You know what I mean? So now the, now, I'm still a person living in the world who has bills to pay and a family to support and all that stuff. So I'm definitely trying to go about in a way where I can support myself off of this, right? Um, but I had to agree to do it with the possibility that none of that other stuff would happen. For me, that's what it took for me to have the boldness to do it. And there was so much else as well. Like, you know, I'm, I told you I'm a mom and I... I I didn't want to live with regret, but more important than me not living with regret, I didn't want a role model for my kids that it was okay to sit around living with an idea of something you want to do. Like, I thought this could be a good way to, to show them that, like, it's not too late, you know, like, mommy didn't have it all figured out. And then one day I, I kind of figured it out and I went for it and I did that thing. And it's okay to switch things. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay for, you know, as much as I'm in love with acting right now, and I don't think that will ever change, if that changed in five years or 10 years, like, I'm going to want to do the same thing that I did now to be brave enough to my with myself to say, okay, and now I'm doing this thing, right? So I want to role model for my kids, like, to have that pliability as a person and, and, and that bravery. So that's another big motivating factor of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And all that stuff really is, is grounding me. It's propelling me. It's like, it's, it's about so much more than acting as well. Like the acting is wonderful. Me pursuing the acting is about so much more. Uh, so if that's advice to someone, I think that's advice to someone, just be honest with yourself and then be bold and be brave because one life, one life, one life, right? Something that you said right at the beginning when you were talking about your story that I, I hear quite often, like you were talking about, you know, having the chat with your agent when you were had, when you were nervous to tell him that you were pregnant. And I think there's a big underlying, I say the word fear, and I don't know if it's actual fear, but for those of us coming into it later on in life, a fear that we have to catch up and once momentum starts we can't stop because then it's going to go away like the train is going you better cling on for dear life because if you fall off it's just going to go without you and did you ever feel that way during that time in your life and then I have a kind of a second thing sorry to interrupt you because the thing you talked about about you know growing and hustling and kind of pushing and stuff like that with with a life that you lead I worry sometimes that we kind of emphasize that like hustle, 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 hustle so much, especially as women, especially as women as we get older, that it almost it makes us forget like to be present because we're constantly thinking of like, ah, the train. Yes, for sure. So like your first question about um, missing the train. Absolutely. I feel I feel that I, I definitely, definitely feel that of like, I have to catch up. I have to catch up. Right. How am I ever going to make it if I don't? make up for all the time that I wasn't doing this. Um, and I just, oh, I don't know exactly how you combat that. I think it's just par for the course that you're going to feel that way. I think it's just important to, I really believe in like talking back to myself. I really believe in like, you know, having that, having two people in my head talking. So there's the voice of like the fear and the, you know, the preconditioning and the everything that's already there. And then there's my voice of choice, which is like, I, I you know, the thing of like what I ideally want to strive for. Like, I don't want to I don't want that voice to win. I don't want the voice who says this idea that like, oh, I have to chase the train and I've got to catch up. I don't want that voice to win, but it's there. I have to accept that it's there, right? So instead of trying to deny that it's there, I just talk back to it. I just try to make a louder voice that says, no, 
There's no train to catch because the train is me. I am the train and I will take a break when I feel like taking a break. I will stop. I'll do a pit stop. You know, I'll switch tracks. I am the train. That, that's what the competing voice says. I, you are the train. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, so I definitely, it's again, it's just practice, right? I do that every day. I, I mean, I hope <laughs> I'm practicing in hopes that someday the other voice will shut up, but maybe that's life and it won't. And it's just about having that in place where you have that talk back voice and then you know, to your second point, my personal feelings, and I think this is why you have to make everything personal. I don't think as much as we can take in advice from other people and we can hear other people's stories, I think all those stories and those advice, that advice and everything, that information is just, we can use it to kind of like better find our own voice, but it's not going to be the same for everyone. So even that, like, you know, that, that story of like, oh, hustling and could that be good or could that be bad? I've heard all of it. I've heard that people are like, grind till you die and hustle every day. And then I've heard the other people are like, no, be kind to yourself. And hustling is actually very dangerous for you. And I have to take all that in and then I have to run it through LA's system of, again, everything that I've become up until this point. And I have to accept how I currently operate as well. And I have to not cheat myself. And I have to know what decisions to make that will be best for my system and how I operate. And I know two things about myself, only two, no, but I know two important things in relation to that. And one is that um, I am an overachiever for sure. I am a person who who can barely sit down and relax because I always feel like there's got to be something else that I can be doing for sure. Um, so that's something that I know that I have to keep in check for myself. I also know that if I don't put onus on myself and if I don't discipline myself and, and give myself that like deadline or say like, this is why this is important, that I will quickly trick myself into feeling like it's not important as a, as a scapegoat to not do it. So I know those things about myself. And so I kind of have to fall in the middle of that argument and sort of say to myself, like, I know I'm not going to push myself to hustle till I die. Like I'm going to, I have to give myself rest sometimes to keep in check that overachiever. But I also know that I can't be complacent and just say, oh, it'll come as it goes because then I'm not putting into check the part of me that wants to run away from responsibility. The part of me that wants to, you know, almost like pretend like it's not important so that I can give up on myself. Right. So, yeah. So I have to put it somewhere in the middle there. And and the way I've kind of done that again, it's that talk back voice. I have a conversation with myself every day. Like I made a commitment to myself, for example, where I said, I am never going to not send in a tape. Like every tape request I ever get, I am go- going to give that. Right. And, um, I have not given in every tape. So there's been a few that I've declined on, but those those moments that that came up where I was like every single tape and then there became a moment where I was like, ooh, no, doesn't feel right. And then I just had to have that conversation with myself where I was like, okay, this is not about you giving up on yourself. You're not getting lazy. That's not why. There are real reasons and legit, legitimate factors as to why this is actually not a good idea for you to give in this tape. You know what I mean? Like, or, or, or you should decline this. You should pass on this. And that's the me giving myself grace and not hustling till I die. So that's where I've had to like mediate and fall in the middle. And I have to have the conversation with myself at every single time that it comes up. And I just have to have that almost like that internal pro and con list and self self assess. But it's become less of a pro and con list and more of a gut. I've, I've, I'm starting to hear my gut more. I had no idea what my gut sounded like, and I'm starting to give it space to speak to me. And so it's becoming a lot easier to make those decisions. Do you have any favorite onset moments or even in class moments? In class, a favorite moment of mine is is literally just the energy that I get to pull from, from being around my peers. Like to me, it's felt like the height of enjoyment for doing the thing over being on set, over being in my room, you know, trying to tape the tapes. It's it's something about, I guess, being in that space with other people that automatically for me raises the stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then specifically being around peers that, you know, get it. Like everybody gets what it is that I'm, you know, trying to take on and they are also trying to take that on. And for me, it's just the most free that I feel when I'm doing it. And, and I'm still working on like, how do I get to the space where I can recreate what I feel and do in class while on set, while doing my tapes. Like for me, that's the gap I'm trying to close right now. I feel Mm. like the quality of my work, and I shouldn't even say the quality, but how far along I am with process is a lot further when I'm in class than I'm currently able to to find when I'm taping or when I'm on, on set, right? I'm still doing good on set and on tape. I'm not trying to say I'm terrible, but it's just, it's it feels like it's like in class, I'm like, whoa, like, you know, when I do stuff in class, I'm like, 
Somebody come see that. Yes. Somebody come judge that because Oscar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's my favorite thing about being in class. And then um, a funny thing on set or favorite thing. I don't know if it's a favorite thing, but I just, I can't stop. I'm not far away from it yet enough to stop finding it hilarious how many times I was on set and pumping breast milk. That's still so recent in my <laughs> in my past that it's still just the funniest thing to me because like it's it's a whole other operation outside of the operation of just surviving set. There's like you're doing so many things like you're trying to act and then you're trying to survive set, right? And then you're trying to act, survive set and like somehow like extract nutrients from your body. Keep little humans alive. I've been walked in on so many times, which I don't mind. I'm not shy at all about that. I'm like, you know, breast pumping advocate. I would do it right there on set if they let me. If nobody else felt uncomfortable, I'd like just put the pump on. We're good to go. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's just remarkably funny, especially when someone walks in or whatever, and they're like, I'm so sorry, and I'm like, no, no, it's fine. It's cool. It's cool, man. Just you know, source of life. No big deal. <laughs> But uh, yeah, those moments, I have so many of them in my head and those have been the funniest. It's, it's, it's a thing unique to breast pumping mothers, but it's, it's been good. Well, and I think that's, <laughs> it's one of those things where you're going to look back and be like, how was that my life at this point in my life? Everything I know. Everything is yeah. so bizarre and ridiculous. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, 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 really, it's really great. I also got to, because again, I'm still, this is just a side thought now, but I'm you know, a couple years in. So I'm only now getting to the point where I'm even getting to see projects because, you know, it takes them so long to turn around. Right. Um, so I just got to see one of the first projects I shot and I was like, whoa, I was like, hey, false advertising, man, because I was a breast pump and mama at that time. And, uh, you know, the girls were a little endowed, I'll say. <laughs> so I was like, if it, I, was like, I was like trying to stitch together a reel and I'm like, casting might be a little confused when they see me now. <laughs> the situation has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know fun 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 facts <laughs> well with that being said do you have anything that you're looking forward to coming up this year okay so here's the other thing that I'm like you know I was thinking about that before I'm like Chad's gonna ask me that I'm like I have no idea how to answer because speaking of that thing of projects taking a while to come around and I never know when is the okay time for me to talk about them or not, right? Like mum's the word until, because I don't want to say anything I'm not supposed to say. Um, there is a, a film that I did. I, I definitely can, can mention that because it's like, it's been out in the US already. It's like coming to Canada. It's called Last Resort. It's an indie film I did. I am particularly proud only because this is the first thing I shot, four months postpartum. And so for me, I'm like, I just see the, the workhorse that I was like yes. performance aside, everything else aside, I just know the workhorse I was. So I'm excited about that. Um, I also got to lead an MOW back in the fall, which was like incredible. Yeah. So much fun. So I, I can't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say much more about that, but that will definitely be out this year. If you, if you, um, if anyone listening ends up following me, you'll end up uh, hearing about and seeing those things promoted as they, as they come out. But so that's great. So I'm going to have like two films out this year where I was like a lead and a supporting in. So that's really great big milestones, I think, for me. I'm also, oh, this I can definitely talk about. I'm um, in a writer's room right now developing a play for Fringe, you know, the <gasps> Toronto Fringe Festival. Yes. So me and kind of like the artist collective group that I'm a part of, um, we're, we're doing that right now. We're like in the throes of it and we'll be putting that on this summer at Fringe. I think Fringe is in early July, like 5th to 16th. So that's something again, like follow me so you can get the, um, yes. get the plug on that, but you'll be able to see, I'm, 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 I'm participating in in the writing of it slash like co-producing it and definitely will be performing in it. So that's like a whole new territory for me. That's like right now, just like lighting my fire because it's, it's just something ongoing that I get to plug myself into. So exciting. It's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. And I definitely, yeah, we'll put all the links and stuff like that um, in the show notes. For sure. Do you have any final words of wisdom or advice? Oh man. Uh, I, just honestly, I will just go back to what it is that's like leading me right now, which is make the most of your life. I know that sounds really like everybody says that and whatever, but, but really like every single day, like I put a lot of pressure on myself every day when I wake up, I'm kind of like, how can this day feel good? Like, I just want it to feel good. Like, um, and you did say final advice, so I don't want to get into another story, but just as a small supporting back piece to it. I lived a long time of my life with, with health issues that I really didn't even think I'd be here today 
So I think there's something ingrained in me that just like I have this 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 really intense like thirst for just living. And I think we all do, um, but maybe it's just not always on the forefront of our mind. And maybe my health issues helped it be something that's more on my mind regularly. But for just anybody, I would just say, even if there's not that thing that every day makes you presently think about how powerful life is, like you can put yourself in that place. You can, you can just think about it in the morning. You can meditate. You can do whatever it is that you do to just recognize life for the value that it is. Like, don't be too cool for school. It really is powerful. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible that you're here. So whatever it is that's going to make that feel better for you, that's going to make it feel like it is on fire the way that it should be, do it. Find it, do it, and mess it up. (laughs) I wanted to curse there, but I was like, uh, mess it up. You know what I mean? Insert bleep word, right? Do the damn thing. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, LA, for being my guest this week. Everyone, just a little behind-the-scenes hilariousness that happened. When I stopped recording, when I clicked the stop button on the recording, I just blurted out, I think I'm in love with you to LA. That is how much I was just so engrossed in our conversation, just obsessed with what she had to say and our connection. Oh, my gosh. I hope you felt that, too. She is absolutely incredible, isn't she? LA, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I love the connection. This has made, this podcast has made the friendship that we now have. I so appreciate you. Oh, and I can't wait to see what 2024 brings for you, girl. You're killing it already. I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. Bye.